yesterday while in the service, uh, I received a WhatsApp message from my niece. She said, I'm at the Penang Bridge now. I'm home. I'm home. She's from KL, so she's traveling back. And it's good to catch up. I'm waiting to you know, spend some time with her to catch up with her before she goes back uh, to KL and go off to her college again. And you know, who knows after that where she's going to study uh, when she enters university. Well, as, just as what Pastor Jesslyn have said, that uh, we have our core values called B-L-E-S-S. We have been preaching a series on loving all generations since uh, January. Uh, however, for February, because it's so near to uh, Chinese New Year, uh, we will take a break from core, the core values and I'll be preaching along the line of, the, uh, uh, of us uh, enjoying and celebrating uh, Chinese New Year. Now, how many of you who are seated here really wants to be blessed? Put up your hands and show to me. How many of you really wants to be blessed? Blessed by God. Those who don't put up your hand, does it mean that you don't want to be blessed by God at all? How many of you want to be blessed by God? Amen. Yes. This morning, I'm going to share with all of us from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7 to 20. And my sermon is entitled, Remember Your God Who Blessed You. Okay, let's repeat the, the sermon title. Remember Your God Who Blessed You. Okay, before I jump into the Word, let's commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank You for Your presence here. We thank You, O God, that You are with, here, with us even now because Your Word says when two or three are gathered in Your name, this is where You will be and we welcome You, O Lord. Father, we surrender this whole worship celebration into Your hands and the Lord, You will be the Lord over this worship celebration. We ask, O God, that You will move mightily and powerfully in our midst this morning and Lord, as your people this morning, we submit ourselves to you wholeheartedly that God, may our hearts be prepared to receive your word, O God. That Lord, may our ears be open, O God, to hear what you have got to speak to us. Give us, O God, the wisdom, O God, to apply what you, you, what you are going to tell us, O God, this morning, O Lord. So that, Lord God, our lives will bring glory to your name. Father, we also like to pray for myself that God... I ask for fresh anointing to come. And I pray that, Lord, you will anoint my lips, O Lord. Father, I just pray that, God, may this message bring glory to you as well, O God, in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. The book of Deuteronomy talks about Moses preparing the Israelites to enter the promised land. We know that Moses was disqualified from entering the promised land because of his disobedience. Just one act of disobedience and he was disqualified from entering the promised land. However, he was preparing God's people to a land that God is going to lead them to. So let me give a bit of a rundown from chapter 1 down to chapter 8 in which we will be covering today. Chapter 1 of Deuteronomy, verse 1 says, These are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. This took place 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt. On the first day of the 11th month, 
Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. In other words, Moses is a spokesman for God. He doesn't speak until God spoke to him and said, release this word to my people. So in the first four chapters, Moses recounts Israel's history with God. In chapter 5, he read the Ten Commandments and other commandments which he gave to the Israelites. In chapter 6, he gave the greatest commandment and this is the commandment. He says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In chapter 7, Moses begins to prepare the Israelites for the day when they will enter the promised land. He reminds them that they are God's chosen people and warns them not to intermingle or intermarry with the people who currently occupy the promised land. He also reminds them that they are a covenant people and blessings and prosperity will be theirs if they will keep the commandments God had given them. Chapter 8 begins with a call to keep the commandments and to remember their history. A history in which God humbled Israel in the wilderness and a history in which God fed the Israelites' manna and kept their clothing from wearing out. The clothes that was not worn out was a miracle by itself. All of us who owns clothes will know that eventually our clothes wears out. Either it's torn or it's faded. How wonderful it is, isn't it? If, we don't, if our clothes don't wear out, then we don't have to buy new clothes for Chinese New Year. We don't have to buy new clothes even for Christmas. Then we can continue to wear the same clothes over and over and over again. In verse 6 of chapter 8, it says, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and fearing Him. Now entering verse 7, Let's read verse 7 to verse 10 together. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone. And copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your field, be sure to your God for the good land He has given you. From verse 7 to verse 10, there are three things which is very obvious that Moses spoke to the Israelites. First of all, he already told them that they are going to enter a good land. Everybody say a good land. And in the good land, they will find what, what can they find there? What can they find there? Starts with W. Water. Second is? Food. Third one is? Yeah, metal. When I read this, I said, God, are you leading them to Penang? Ah? Because Penang has got plenty of water. Hotel soya. A lot of good food. We also have metal as well. The Israelites know that before they can enter the, the, the promised land, 
God will help them to remove and to overcome the inhabitants of that land. It is God who will provide for their needs in that land. Let me read to all of us verse 7. It says that in that land there will be flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. For many of us who are seated here, some of us may be asking, Pastor, what is the big deal about this water that Moses had to give to the Israelites? Well, you, all of us need to remember that where they were, the land, the desert that they have been in were very parched, very dry. And water is a necessity. It, they, they really need water. You know, we can go without food for days. But you and I, we cannot go for long without water. And so, you and I have been blessed. Because, you see, all of us have been placed by God in Malaysia, in Penang, whereby there are plenty of water. When was the last time Penang people, or what we call Penang Lang, have to go for water rationing? When was the last time that you can remember? I don't think any one of us are able to remember when was the last time we went for water rationing. In fact, after my preaching last night, one of the members came, Pastor, do you know Cape Town? Cape Town in Africa got no water. Major city, no water. Penang, we have got plenty of water. You know, you and I, are blessed because we have plenty of water over here. You see, water is essential to life because, you know, it will keep us alive. It will keep us hydrated. It will keep us fresh. Flowing streams and underground springs of water portrays an image of well-being. There are plenty of water where they are going. Let me quote to you a report from Business Connect dated November 16, 27, headlined, the water scarcity problem that's destroying countries. And I like to quote part of the report. It says, clean water is something almost all of us take for granted. We turn on the tap, fill our cup, let some spill over and then guzzle it down. It's a privilege we fail to recognize. There is a colossal water scarcity problem in the world. Millions of people struggle to find enough clean water to survive. Over 884 million people worldwide live without clean water. And as the years fly by, an overpopulation becomes an increasingly difficult problem to solve. That number continues trending upward, inflating and growing, but never going down. Water scarcity is a harsh reality. By the year 2018, that's last year, some 1.1 billion people worldwide will lack access to any sort of water. And a total of 2.7 billion will find water scarce for at least one month of the year. From the World Wildlife Fund, it reports that water covers 70% of our planet. We all learned this in class, in the geography. And it is easy to think that it will always be plentiful. However, fresh water, the stuff we drink, bathe in, irrigate our farm, with is incredibly rare. Only 3% of the world's water is fresh water, and two-thirds of that is tucked away in frozen glaciers or otherwise unavailable for our use. So friends, after reading this report, don't you feel that you are blessed 
living in Malaysia. Even though Malaysia may not be a perfect country, where can we find perfect country? But you and I have been blessed. You know, you and I have no options to choose where we want to be born. We have no options of choosing our parents. Imagine that if today you are not in Malaysia, you are not in Penang, if you are in Syria, a war-torn country, if you are in Yemen, also another country, whereby there is scarcity of water, scarcity of food, you'll be suffering there. But over here, afterwards, after this preaching, you will go out, you'll hit the restaurants, you have plenty of food, plenty of water to eat. Am I right or not? Yeah, correct. So turn to someone on the right and left and say, you are blessed. Yeah, you are blessed. Mean it that you are blessed. Let's move on to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 8 and 9. It says, It is a land of wheat and barley, of grape vines, fig trees and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Not only do they have plenty of water, they are going to have plenty of food as well. Why? Wheat and barley can be turned into bread. In primitive societies, bread is a staple diet just as rice is a staple diet for all of us. If these people have plenty of bread, which Moses promises that they will have, they will feel prosperous indeed. They will feel blessed indeed. They will have grapevines for wine too. Fig trees and pomegranates for fruit. Olive trees for oil. Essential for cooking as well. And honey for sweetness. Friends, you have rice. You've got fried rice. You've got steamed rice. You have, you have paprik rice. You have all kinds of rice. And here you step out and say, I don't know what to eat. <laughs> Over here, there they have figs and pomegranates. Here you have what? Rambutans, you have pineapple, durians, yes, mangosteens. We have plenty, plenty and plenty of it. You see? So we have a variety as well. So today you can go out, you can have a variety of chakwe tiao, saohofan, hokkien mi. You can even have satay, whatever that you want to have. That you have been blessed with plenty of food as well. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 9 continues, It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. Over here we have what? What do we have in Malaysia? What kind of metal do we have in Malaysia? Yeah. So it, it is indeed a good land. Moses being a wise leader instructs the Israelites to do the following after they have entered the good land. Verse 10 says, when you have eaten your field, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. This should also serve as a reminder to all of us to praise God before and after you have eaten. When you say grace, you always say thank you God for providing for all of us and bless the food. Indeed, it is correct. But 
do we, and sometimes I catch myself also, do we after eating, halfway we said, boho jia, don't like it. Uh, then we start to grumble and gripe over the food. Either it is too dry, either it is too spicy, either it is too wet, either, too, either it, it is not up to your, to your taste. So halfway, eh, don't want to eat already. But friends, do you realize that there are, I'm reminding myself as well, that there are many, many people in other parts of the world that may eat, not have eaten for at least two to three days. Yeah, it is happening out there. But over here, we cannot finish our food. So let us eat with a heart of gratitude. So why is it so important to praise God? Because it is God that made, that provides, because it is God that provides for all of us and for the Israelites as well. What you, and I, what you and I have today, our food, our shelter, our car, our good health comes from God. Can I hear an amen? amen? Psalm 16 verse 2 says, I say to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. With all the blessings from God, Moses gave a warning if we forget God. And beware lest you forget your God this is my second point. Deuteronomy 8, 11 to 16. Let's read together. But that is the time. Let's read together. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large, and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else. Be careful. Do not become at that time. And who res rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt? Do not. That he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. So here is a warning to all of us that you and I, we must... Be careful and not forget God with abundance that God has given to us. And we are enjoying it today. This is a warning to, to us. Remembering the covenant with God will keep the Israelites faithful and focused. Forgetting the covenant would cause them to draw away from God. Remembering the mighty acts of God leads to wisdom and life. Forgetting God leads to foolishness and death. You see, God gave the Israelites special days to remember His faithfulness. They are to observe the Sabbath day, the Passover. They are to obey the commandments of God and do them. But today, God has also given us special days to remember. Like this morning. Like this morning, what did we all do together corporately? We took the Lord's Supper. During, during the Israelite time, it was a Passover. 
But when Jesus came, it was the Lord's Supper. And what does the Lord's Supper remind you of? What does the Lord's Supper remind you of? It is not just crackers and ribena. It reminds you of the work of Christ on the cross. It reminds you and, and I that it was Jesus who saved us by His grace and by His mercy. It reminds us that all our sins have been transferred onto the broken body of Jesus. He took your sin and He took my sin onto the cross so that you and I who believe in Him, who profess our commitment and love for Him, can be reconciled and be saved and enjoy eternal life. That is what it means to all of us when you take the Lord's Supper. The other thing is, Today, all of us are gathered here corporately for a worship celebration. The question is, why do you come every weekend for a worship celebration? Why do you come for a worship celebration? For some, probably you answer it because I want to come and worship God and to thank Him for being my Lord and for being His covenant people his holy nation, and for being called his child. That is true. I hope none of us come because my parents forced me to come. And I hope that I come because it is a ritual. Since when I was young, my parents brought me and so I, I just follow. It is a tradition. That, that's why I come. But I hope that all of us who are gathered here this evening, uh, this morning, comes with the knowledge that I came because of a great and merciful God who have called me out of darkness into His marvelous light in which I can now be called the Son of God and I'm so thankful. It is nothing of my doing. It is He who first loved me and not me who loved Him first. That's why I come here coming with a heart of gratitude and humble myself before an awesome God who chose to come and call me into a relationship with Him. The other thing that for us to remember is the offering. Just now, all of us put some cash into it. It serves as a reminder that by the fact that you and I, we can give back to God, shows that He has blessed us with, finance, with finances. And for some of us, we also have de deposited our tithe every, every first week of the month. You know, when I teach the water baptism membership class, there is a portion in which we taught on tithing. So after teaching, sometimes, we, I mean, not sometimes, most of the time we ask those participants, do you have any questions on tithing? Some will put up their hands and say, it's okay, you can ask. Pastor, do we tithe gross or do we tithe net? So which one, pastor? I simply reply them. It depends on whether you want God to bless you net or bless you gross. Then you tithe accordingly. If you want God to bless you gross, then you bless. Uh, then you, you tithe gross. If you want God to bless you net, then you tithe net. Lo. Oh, okay, okay, pastor. We know what to do already. Alright? So, but the very fact that you and I, we are able to give shows that God has been merciful to us. You are able to earn. And therefore, you, as an act of thanksgiving, say, God, this is what I'm giving back to you. 
You see, remembering then involves more than bringing to mind an event from the past. Remembering requires action, application into our own personal lives, to participate in the rites and ceremonies that God has given Israel to keep their memories fresh. In this case, for us as a church, this is what we do every week so that it keeps our memory fresh about the goodness of God upon our lives. You see, obeying the laws that God has given them to keep them will keep them holy. Now, some of you may be asking, Pastor, there's so many regulations and laws in the Bible. Which one is so difficult to remember? Well, it's true. But can I say that I reduce it down to two that Jesus gave, the great commandments? That is, love your God. And love... Sorry? Love your neighbor. But, but can I tell you that loving God is not very easy, right? Because it involves you reading the Word of God, praying, as well as being in a care cell, attending, care, attending worship celebration. That is loving your God and doing acts of kindness to others. Loving your neighbor for all of us, those who love us, and those who care for us, it is not an issue for us to love them back. Especially Chinese New Year when you receive ang pao's and all that. Wow, this uncle loved me so much. I love him. <laughs> but what if it is someone who doesn't like you at all, cannot even stand your face, who slander you, you scolded you, and you know this person doesn't like you. But the command still stand. Love your neighbor. It's not so easy now after all, right? Because if we don't do this as what Jesus asked us to do, He went on, Jesus said that if you only love those who love you, what is the difference between you and those who do not know God? They are still doing the same thing. So He said that you will have to love those who hate you, who dislike you. Those who take things from you also, you probably have got to give as well. It is never easy to love your neighbours. So if there are so many pastors, don't know where, follow these two first and work from there and see how God can and will bless your life. So the wanderings in the wilderness have taught the Israelites how to live in challenging situations. In the wilderness, they had just enough food for water in a day. Now Israel must begin to learn how to live in prosperity, a condition that they have not enjoyed for many centuries. They have not enjoyed this after Joseph died and a new pharaoh who did not know Joseph sat on the throne. Things will start to change for the Israelites as they continue their journey to enter into the promised land. They will build and live in fine houses. Herds and flocks will grow large with silver and gold in abundance. Isn't this a wonderful future for the Israelites that, hey, where we are going is so much better where we came up from, from Egypt. It can be a blessing to them to enjoy all this, but it can also cause them to fall too if they don't know how to enjoy this blessing from God. Thomas Burton put it this way, if adversity has killed his thousands, prosperity has killed his ten thousands. How can this be? How can this be? You might be asking. Well, in the midst of prosperity, people can forget that it was God that blessed them. After receiving all that they have wanted in life, people can become bored. 
because they have everything in their house. They find, what else do I need? They fall into different temptations, so they begin to experiment other things, go into drugs, alcohol, promiscuous sex. The list can go on. For some, they may become proud and they forget about their humble beginnings. They will look at other people with disdain. They despise other people after they have become rich, after they have become well-off. They forget their humble beginnings. As I reflect upon my own personal life, you see, all of us have a history. Later, I'll cover this. As I reflect upon my own personal life, while waiting for my Form 5 result, I started to work in Gamma. At the time, Gamma was recently opened. So I was waiting for my result, okay? So I was placed at the watch department. So after a while, you begin to profile people. That's human, huh? after you begin to profile. Oh, this one can buy one. Next time you see here, ah, this one cannot buy. So later, I, I resigned and I joined another company, still waiting for my results to come out. I joined a fire extinguisher company selling extinguishers, knocking on doors. This is what we call cold selling. So after a while, we, we did pretty good. Then after that, I went into, joined a, a book company, Tanmak. They were having exhibitions during those days at this uh, Dewan Sri Pinang. So I was carrying books, la, start to sell books there, and some part-time getting, earning some money. Then later, I joined Singapore Times as a delivery club, going around on a motorbike, you know, selling, uh, delivering books to bookshops around Penang Island. And then, that time, the manager told me, he said, hey, we want to move you up to be the sales executive because why? He said, you know what books can sell, you know how to repair books. He said, you know which outlet sells, which outlet doesn't sell. He said, you have a good relationship with with those people, he said, we want to move you up to be a sales executive. I said, yes, okay, can, no problem. But then I was offered a, a, a job with the customs department. So I took the, 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 the job in the customs department. And what happened was that along the way, my life began to change. Because you, if you, if you, like, like what the Bible says, if you're not careful... Uh, we, we can become proud. Because, you know, in joining the government service, you may not have a lot of money as those who work in the private sector, but you do have some kind of authority that the private sector don't have. Okay, so because of that, I ended up with some of my customs colleagues ended up in uh, the captain's cabin. Okay, last time it was captain's cabin uh, along uh, off Penang Road. So, uh, we started to drink and so on, but I was not addicted to it. La, but I started to drink quite frequently. Every Saturday, I will find myself there with, with them. So I dropped out from church. Confession, uh, my, my Sunday school teacher is there, so she, she did well with, with, with me. Okay, So I dropped out from church. I don't want to go to church. I said, church is boring. So I went to but my parents didn't give up on me. So what happened was that they prayed for me, things began to change in my life, and suddenly, you know, I felt that it's time for me to go back to church. 
because of circumstances in my life, I went back to church. And uh, that is part of my history. But working in the customs department, like I said, got, 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 got these authorities. When I was sent to Malacca for, to the customs academy for training, what happened was that uh, towards weekend to come back to Penang is very far. So we, around Malacca also, there's nothing much to go and visit in Malacca. If you are from Malacca, sorry, no offense made to you, okay? So our lecturer said, why don't you go to Singapore? Then all of a sudden, we have no passport. He said, don't you know that in the Customs Act, there is a provision for Malaysian customs officers to go into Singapore without a passport? He said, you go and try it out. Uh, this is part of the field assignment. So I said, okay, I'll catch a bus and go into Singapore. So one of my Malay colleagues said, hey, you want to go to Singapore? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I follow you. I said, come, let's go together. Then in the bus, he told me, but I didn't have my authority card. I said, you have no authority. I said, then you take care of yourself. Like you cannot enter. You take a bus back to Malacca. Lah. I will go in. So I went to the Singapore Immigration Department. I showed my authority. I'm a Malaysian customs officer. I want to go into Singapore. He said, sure, go ahead. He said, how long will you be there? I said, I'll be out, out this evening. Okay, without having anything, just show my authority. Then I saw my friend coming from behind. I said, wait, how you come in? Uh? I show my Malaysian passport. Uh. I know, I show my Malaysian driving license. Uh. So he managed to enter. I said, wow, like that also can. Even Malaysian license, and they never check properly. You, you get to enter. So we went in together, went around Singapore, and we came out. So these are, these are some of the, of the things that, if, you know, if you are not careful, you become prideful when you have been blessed by God. Verse 14 says, Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. They are not to forget their centuries of slavery in Egypt. The miraculous deliverance in the Exodus. You see, Moses, before, they before the Israelites enter into the promised land, told them, remember your history. Your slavery in Egypt. The difficult times that you have all gone through. Friends, today you might be thinking, but pastor, none of us have been enslaved. All of us are free. We have been living in a country whereby there's no slavery. May I propose to all of us here this morning that you and I have been enslaved by sin. All of us have a history. You and I have been enslaved by sin and the day that you came to know the Lord Jesus he set you free. Just as God set the Israelites free when there was a power encounter over the plagues. And then Pharaoh allowed them to leave Egypt. And along the way, after that, Pharaoh changed his mind and he sent out the Egyptian army on chariots to chase after the Israelites. And where did the Israelites find themselves? In front of them with Moses leading them was the Red Sea. Behind was the chariots, armies from, from Egypt. And the Israelites, they were asking, they were asking Moses what to do. Moses heard from God, took up the staff, and what happened? After he took up the staff, what happened to the Red Sea? Huh? The Red Sea parted, and all of them went through on dry ground until everyone stepped over to the other side, and then the Red Sea parted. The, the Red Sea came back and all the Egyptian armies that were crossing the dry ground were all drowned. And then after that, Moses led them in the wilderness and God fed them with manna and then God also provided water from 
the rock for them. So he is reminding them that you don't forget about all this. Your history. All of us here have a history. You see, the result of forgetfulness would be for the Israelites to remember their own victories and to forget God's role. You see, when that happens, they will begin to believe that they did it on their own strength, their own power rather than a great and merciful God. Then they will fall because God will have to, to discipline them once again to bring them back to their spiritual senses. So verse 15 says, Do not forget that He led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good friends. I know that the Christian walk is never smooth. We have our mountaintop experiences as well as we go down into the valleys whereby we face crises, problems, challenges in our lives. That is inevitable. There is no such thing as a smooth walk. You would have faced your poisonous snakes. You have faced your scorpions. But God has delivered you. It could be that you went through, you, you, you were going through a health issue and God healed you. It could be that you went through a financial crisis that is your scorpion and your poisonous snake and you don't know what to do. God delivered you out of your financial crisis. You could have gone into a relationship issue, into a business issue, and you were crying out, God, you've got to deliver me out of this. And God came through for you. That is your poisonous snakes. That's your scorpions that God has delivered you out from. All of us have a history. It may not be as bad as the Israelites, but all of us at one time came to God and said, God, I need you. And when God came to you, came through for you, remember that this part of your history. That's why you see so many people coming to HRM, because why? They need a touch from God. That's why HRM keeps increasing. More people are coming because they want to experience the touch of God. I also have my own fair share of the valleys. You know, when my son Asher was born in the year 2000, he is 19 years old now, seven weeks he developed a fever which the doctor is very concerned. Spider West began to appear all over his body so we had to take him to Hope Clinic to see Dr. Chiu. So Dr. Chiu had to put a drip on him. I think either your mother at the time was there. I think she, she remembers that. She was one of the, the nurse who attended to my son. They're trying to put the drip into his little hand. And what happened was that he was crying because the vein was so small. The, the, the needle was big. But finally they managed to poke and put a drip in and he was crying all and our heart goes out as first time parents and Dr. Chiu he has his morning devotion group in which he he will worship together with his with his uh, nurses and so on then he did tell me uh, we'll pray for your son and true enough he kept praying together with the rest of the, of the nurses praying for the son for my son and say and he was saying uh, you know we'll trust God for healing we'll trust God for healing so after that, when he became a teen, he fell sick. 
normal flu took him to see Dr. Chiu again. So Dr. Chiu said, wow, so big already. Yeah, yeah of course, like, he eat rice. Huh? <laughs> so, so he said, yeah. He said, uh, he said, remember when you first took your son into uh, Hope Clinic? I said, yeah, I remember that. I said, thank God for your prayers. You know, he was delivered. And say, but he said the other part I didn't tell you. He said the other part was that we were very concerned for your son. Because he said that for a seven-week-old baby to develop fever is something we find it, it's not very good. And so he told us, he told me that, you know, it could have been fatal for your son. That's why I kept telling you we will trust God to heal him. Even though that event was over, he is a teen that time. I, I, I say, oh God, you have been so good. I didn't know this. You delivered my son. Our first son you delivered. You healed him. I didn't know the, such consequences, such grave consequences until you, I'm shared this story. Then not only that, after that, during my wife's, uh, my wife was still in confinement that time. What happened was, was that she told me, oh, I got a pain, uh, pain on the left, I uh, can't remember, appendicitis right or left? Uh? Huh? Right, right side, is it? Right side. So, so he said, oh, I got a pain. So I said, okay, la, pain. I said, uh, why don't, and fevers are more. So I took her to see a, a doctor at Adventist Hospital. And the doctor said, oh, yo, got to perform an op on her, is it? Appendicitis, okay, la. So I waited at the waiting room, and then after that, waiting and praying for her and suddenly the, the nurse came hey doctor want to see you lah. quickly go and see him I said wow like that ah. what happened ah? at the back of my mind a lot of, mind, a lot of questions like, complication ah. what happened to her danger ah. you don't know so when I went, went in to see the doctor the doctor told me ha ah, come I show you lah. this is the ruptured appendix then I huh. it was challenging times my wife in the hospital my kid in the hospital. So, this is a challenge for my life. But when I look back, it's part of my history that God has delivered my son, my wife, and delivered me from this. But some of you may be asking, but Pastor, I'm going through a difficult times now, challenging times now. So, where is the blessing of God? I want to ask you, challenge you, go back, think back of the history that God has delivered you. And when you find that God has delivered you in the past, God will deliver you even when you go through your situation right now. Amen or not? Amen. Yes, because God is a God of power. He's able to do all things are possible for Him. The only thing is, do not forget your God when you have your abundance. You see, if the Israelites don't remember this, they'll forget about God providing for them in a desert when their storehouses are overflowing with wheat and barley. Friends, with what you have right now, if you don't know how to praise God and be thankful to Him, you will never be thankful when He multiplies your business, when He multiplies you, when you have a good increment, when He blesses you, you know, with a new job, with a new position, you will never be able to learn how to appreciate and say thank you, God. You will, you will just keep quiet. They will forget a time when they had nothing, the Israelites. They forget the manner which God fed their ancestors. God intended the wilderness experience to humble the Israelites and to test them. The word test is nasa. 
It means to prove. God tested Abraham by commanding him to sacrifice his son Isaac. He tested the Israelites on a number of occasions as well. These testings were not intended to harm them or to break them or to discourage them. This testing is for their own good. In other words, your character will be strengthened. Just like when I was working in Sony. Sony, I'm proud to say that we are very, very... Uh, careful before we place a product onto the shelf stringent tests have to go through, have to be uh, stringent tests is conducted on a cd walkman that was during my time or a hi-fi set what happens is that after production it comes up from the production floor it will be moved a sampling will be handed over to our qc and our qc will will play the sets for 72 hours and above why 72 hours and above? Because it keeps on playing and to make sure that nothing breaks down. And if nothing breaks down after that, what they're going to do is that they will take that particular set and they're going to put it into a chamber, a chamber in which they will heat up to very high degrees and it will continue to play. Why? So that, you know, Sony product can withstand uh, the heat in any country that is hot. And then after that, if it works well, it will be placed in a chamber whereby the temperature will be reduced to minus degrees and continue to play. Why? So that we want to ensure that even in very cold winter condition, it works. And when it goes through all these tests, the next one is we call the drop test. The drop test is that it will be at a table level, which is about three feet. We will push it off the table and it will hit the ground and we want to see whether the casing breaks or not. And then after that, we will move it higher to a six feet uh, height and then we will push and drop the CD player and then to see whether the casing withstand the, the, the impact. When all this is all right, there is no breakage, then we know that this product is ready for, to be exported, to be ready to be placed on the shelf. And so it is the same as a testing that God placed us through. Testing in the wilderness had a similar purpose. God needed to expose any flaws in Israel's faith and faithfulness so that He might provide the necessary discipline to restore their faith. The testing was not to harm them, although the discipline might sometimes look that way. It is actually to do them good. Someone said, God tests us with stress before He trusts us with success. A.W. Tozer says, God never uses anyone greatly until He tests them greatly. Thirdly, remember your God. He did this so you never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God he is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. See, this is the danger of a self-made man. The person who has worked hard and achieved much. Believing that their success in life is through their own efforts. This is arrogance. This is presumption on the part of the person. Moses is counseling the Israelites to remember God's role in their lives, to give God credit for their success rather than thinking that their success comes because of their hard work alone. 
there is a promise if we were to remember God, the promise is that God will fulfill the covenant which He confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. The covenant that God had established with Israel began with Abraham long before there was even an Israel. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 says this, The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And that, my friend, still stands to you, for you and for me today. Lastly, if you forget God, there's a warning here, but I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshipping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. You see, blessings are God's gift to the Israelites and to you and to me today. There are consequences of forgetting the Lord and following other gods. If the Israelites do that, they will be destroyed. You and I today, we need to know both sides. That God blesses the faithful and that God also punishes the unfaithful. As we celebrate this Lunar New Year, this coming holiday, let us remember that what God blessed the Israelites were good homes. Let me ask all of us here, tonight when you go back and sleep, Okay. Do you have a place in which you can go back to? It doesn't matter whether you own the property or whether you rent a property. As long as you don't stay in a tent and you, and you don't stay on a five-foot uh, walkway along Komta area. Show me your hands, please. How many of you know that you have a home that you can go back and lie down? Put up your hands. All right, good. And then he went on to say, oh, uh, water, water, soy. How many of you this morning, when you turn on the tap, water flows fierce and furious? Show your hands. Yeah. How many of you have eaten your breakfast this morning? How many of you are going for lunch today? How many of you are going to eat dinner tonight? You see, plenty of food. So let me tell you, God has already blessed you. You see, the only time that we gripe and we grumble, God bless me more, bless me more, is why? Because we are not contented, we are not happy, we are not satisfied, because we look at our neighbor. We may have a smaller TV, but your neighbor, you see your neighbor, can, wow, this is so big. Ah. God, I want that one. But God has already blessed you. How many of you came in a motorbike or in a car today to church for service. Huh? You see, you are rich. How many of you have bank accounts? I, I'm not asking you how much you have. Have, have bank accounts? Huh? Put up your hands. How many of you have bank accounts? Those who have bank accounts, bless those who never put up your, their hands. Uh. That means they don't have bank accounts. Okay? How many of you have two pairs of shoes at home? 
Huh, you are blessed. How many of you have already bought your Chinese New Year clothes and all that? Uh, that means those who don't have, that means they have more. It's okay. Okay? All of us, most of us here have good health. Now, I want all of us here to hold our breath. Take in a deep breath. Don't release it. I see some already cannot hold. Okay? Now, I want to say this. Why I ask you to do this exercise is because you and I need to breathe right around. By the very fact that you and I are breathing today is a blessing from God. Do you know that there are many who may not have made it to see the sunrise this morning? They could have died out of ill because of they are sick. They could have died in an accident. They could have died of other causes. But by the very fact that you are alive today, it's a time for you and I to praise God because He has kept and watched over us and has blessed us with good health. So friends, as you sit over this reunion dinner tonight, uh, to, tonight tomorrow, depending on, some are already over already. Yeah, 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 some already have eaten their reunion dinner. You can tell your friends, your relatives to say that I, have, I am blessed. I am blessed. Don't you agree that in this passage, Moses talked about three things. Food, water, and metal. For some of you, you have metal, gold, and so on. God has blessed you. So don't say that you have not been blessed. You have been blessed. So when you sit over the table, when they talk about, oh, we are hoping that this year will be a better year than last year. We are looking for blessing. You tell them that I have already been blessed. I'm blessed. I've been blessed 365 days. I've been blessed in 2018. They ask you, wow, so good. Huh? Why? Huh? Because I've got water and food. It's true. Right? Because over here in this passage, you don't see Moses telling them that you, about money, right? It talks about food and water. So friends, it is time for us to say thank you to God this morning. Because you have been blessed. You and I have been blessed. Let me show you the last picture and then the worship team can come back. This is a picture of a little child living in China. Drinking water next to a polluted drain. Because why? Water is scarce over there. Any one of us here this morning drank water next to a drain? I don't think so. The next picture is a picture taken in Penang. You see the man, the waiter, throwing away unfinished food. We have plenty of food and we throw away, and he has got to throw away our food. Friends, today if you are going for a buffet, may I encourage all of us to only take what you can eat. Please don't pile up your plates. After that, you cannot finish. You just leave it there because you think that I've already paid for it, so it's okay. No, it's not okay. Because before you decide to do that, think about there are people outside hungry today. 
They might not have eaten for two to three days. And here, we are so plentiful. Let us not throw away what God has blessed us with. Let us come this morning, uh, and after that, when you go for lunch, remember to say thank you, praise God for the food that is before me. Thank you for providing for me. Thank you for placing me in Malaysia, in Penang, you know, whereby water is not scarce, food is not scarce. Thank you, you know, say thank you to God. Let's, let's stand together. This morning is an, a time for us to give thanks to God. Let's come with a heart of gratitude. Let's come with a heart of humility. Let's come really, you know, from the very bottom of our hearts, sing this song as a love song to Jesus, to God. Before I give the benediction, you know, And all of us have been blessed because all of us also have a relationship with Jesus. That is the greatest blessing. That is the greatest need that all of us have. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah Lord. Sing it to Jesus. Sing it to God this morning.